very fucking unprofessional. But people have to understand that starting a business means being broke for a little while. Don't think starting a business means automatically I'm rich. It means you're going to get tested. It's not for everybody, this grind. It's not meant to be easy. If you cry every time or you're upset every time there's a challenge, you're not a boss. A boss's job is to fix problems. Classic style. Unprofessional as fuck podcast. They do what they want to do. They do what they got to do. Boom. Boom. Which one are you? Fall back. Soaking the Vimy, sitting back, smoking a 20. Shit is scary, that hustling is so in me. Never show envy, got a style unmasked. I'm like Poe back in 84, now smell at that. Seen when I'm low, but still right in your face. I'm so skinny, but that semi Yodo's right in my waist. Some Jags, the Jeeps, hoopies with them baggy seats. Just imagine how I'm moving if we had any beef. Beats relax me, good Chiba keeps me nasty. Lower the smoke when I see the D's creeping past me, ducking the nuts. Boom, busting Dutches apart. Love pussy with pretty lips when you fucking it fall. Turn the fall. Quick for the rims that glow. Rock Tim's if it's summer or Tim below. Blood is streets, the signs of the drugs is deep. I'm just another nigga next up trying to eat. Y'all know what time it is. See, it's without a shadow of a doubt. Be talking to tell what your town is talking about. Unprofessional as fuck with your host, Ruck, episode 219. But it seems y'all are See me hit and see me rich. Get back over some bullshit and see me snitch. Hoping some age hole bitch will leave me sick. Like I'm a sucker for love with some easy dick. I be honest with y'all, man. Under the weather again, this shit is no fucking joke. I was good for like two years straight. Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, perfect. Now for like the second time in two months. Shit ain't the move, man. Plays a part in the delay, but at the same time, no no time wasted, man. No excuses. I'm on my uh, Dame Dash shit. You are the open. Yeah. I want to open up sad, but I definitely want to dedicate this show to those who were affected by the mass shooting or, you know, the shooting that happened in UNLV. I want to say first and foremost, rest in peace to all the people affected in the recent shooting. They claimed three lives and left another critically wounded. A 67-year-old man who had apparently applied for professor positions at multiple Nevada colleges failing to acquire one. Apparently went to the school with a list full of targets, none of which were among the actual victims. Like I said, man, I'm not here to sadden out the show. Just wanted to dedicate this episode to those who lost their lives, as well as the families, friends, and those who witnessed the uh, heinous act that took place. It's uh, it's unfortunate that we got to talk about this as often as we do. Um, the motive they said is yet to be determined, but I mean, what is the what what is the what's some good reasoning? You know what I mean? Uh, apparently, the guy had been going through financial burdens. He had a uh, Eviction notice on his apartment had applied at multiple colleges, like I said, across Nevada. And um, nonetheless, you know what I mean? Uh, just cowardly acts. Now let's, let's get out that bad news, man. Let's, let's start off with some good news now. I want to shout out uh, Mike Epps, man. Not only the actor, comedian, performer of all things dope. I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I was surprised by something that Mike Epps is doing. 
You know, he's like one of them old school, smooth, listening to that Elder Bars type shit that I started off with. See the guy on roller skates, obviously a, a beast in the comedian world, in the world of comedy, I should say. Um, acted in some of our favorite shows and some of our favorite movies. But this time, you know, him and his wife, Kyra, may have outdone themselves. And, you know, as far as what's dope is, partnered up along with HGTV, the couple have done the work to, quote unquote, buy the block back. Epps Childhood Neighborhood in Indianapolis is now a project of passion as they work to not only renovate, but also make them affordable. For me, and there's nothing in the world like it. That's why I'm buying back my block. What's up, man? You heard it right. I bought my whole childhood block back. Six homes. Back in the day, I grew up in the 70s. It was about family and friends. It was about community. The memories were unforgettable. I feel like it's important, man, in the world that loves to uh, magnify people's mistakes and or shortcomings. I feel like it's important to highlight the good done by celebrities. I want to salute Mike Epps, Kyra, his wife. And the entire Epps family for their efforts. And um, SGTV as well. Now, speaking of efforts, and I guess I contradict myself this early in the pod. Godly. Uh, unfortunate, man. You know, you know. sometimes you got to let people know when it's time to take a break. It's unfortunate that during the holiday season, we have to specify which holiday we're talking about. Now, it's not Doc Holiday. It's not Holiday Inn. <laughs> it's not the amazing Billy Holiday. Not Justin Holiday of the NBA. Uh, especially not Jay Holiday. There's a lot of things wrong with this clip. It's made its way around the internet. I mean, uh, believe it or not, the singing is not the bottom of, you know, it's kind of on the bottom of the list on this joint. Um, the outfit, the dance moves that they were encouraging. You hear the lady who's filming this, you know, she's giving a little uh, encouragement to Jay Holiday who's on stage. The eye contact my man made with, uh, with the woman who was filming, though, that might be on top of the list of the shit that made me uncomfortable in this joint. But um, all in all, I guess it's just hate, right? Salute to Jay Holiday still out there getting his show money. Um, I'm definitely seen worse go out there and perform at this stage in their career. So I mean, let me just let me just retract some of that hatred. Let that man live. Uh, you know, we talk about effort. We got to keep that thing going, bro. Shout out to 17 year old Peter Park, who has become the youngest person to pass the state bar exam. I promise y'all, I'm gonna chill out with the applause button, but I'm definitely not gonna take it away from this young man. Work like this doesn't happen overnight. At 13, Park began his high school career and simultaneously enrolled in a four-year Juris Doctor program at Northwestern California University School of Law. Park, a Tulare resident, had this to say. I aspire to become a prosecutor because I am driven by moral obligation to uphold liberty, equality, and justice in society. I admire our prosecutors keep our community safe and bring closure to victims. Congratulations to Mr. Peter Park and the uh, family that surely did a great job raising this young man. Kudos to y'all. Might need Peter's help, though, in Oregon. A follow-up on the previous story of ex-pilot Joseph Emerson. Y'all might remember this is a guy who uh, attempted to cut off the engines in the airplane that was in flight. I believe his flight was from Oregon back to the Bay Area. Now, Joseph Emerson has been released from jail and allowed to return back to his Bay Area home after he attempted to do what he did. Emerson blamed his episode on the use of magical mushrooms. An Oregon judge released Emerson on certain conditions. One being that he not fly home. Two being that he no longer use mushrooms. I don't know, man. What the fuck? Call me crazy, but uh, what if this guy actually did cause the plane crash and claimed all these passengers' lives? What are we talking about then, right? So for me, it's like, you know, thank God that wasn't the case. But I just feel like if... Like, this wasn't even a slap on the wrist. This was more like a pat on the ass and, hey, don't do that again. Like, I don't see a world where, you know, I'm allowed to get away with some shit like that, no matter what situation I say I'm dealing with. Now, can shrooms turn on you? I'm sure they can, of course, you know. 
people say if you have bad company, a bad mindset, I'm sure you wouldn't really want to take these shrooms and be in a location such as a small confined airplane surrounded by a bunch of uh, strangers. But hey, I mean, I'm not in a position to talk about uh, flight etiquette following my last performance. But I think if, if you know, if I storm the cockpit, pause, trying to, sh- you know, shut shit down. They would clip my wings to say the absolute least. I don't know what the fuck this guy's able to get away with. But, hey, it's uh, it's your world, Squirrel, I guess. I don't know what the fuck, man. Another story that's kind of off the wall, but, hey, I, I'm not I'm not mad at this one. Nicholas Puch, 80-year-old heir to a portion of the Hermes fortune, is apparently setting up a plan to adopt his former gardener and handyman in order to pass on his share of the brand. Valued at $11 billion, godly. For 5.7% of the brand, Nicholas, the grandson of Hermes founder, is said to be estranged from his wealthy family. Nicholas, who was single and without child, had considered his former employee part of the family. Now, the man whose identity is being withheld is allegedly a 51-year-old who comes from a modest Moroccan family. He seems to be married to his Spanish wife, and uh, they share two children. Now, definitely going to be some hurdles to get past in, in order to get this done. The adoption process of an adult in Switzerland is said to be challenging, to say the absolute least. And when you're talking this amount of money, I'm sure whoever can make it difficult will make every effort in order to get, you know keep it that way. But to me, it just shows why you should always give your all in whatever it is you do. People always want to you know, try to downplay somebody's position in life or what it is that they got going on. But if you continuously show up and show out, you should be uh, compensated for that. And, and I mean, you know, people who work hard, Take offense to the word lucky You know what I mean Like there's there's no luck involved It's grit It's grind It's, it's what they do Day in and day out That sets up You know their future So I want to applaud Nicholas Puch And that man Whose who's, uh, identity Is not known for now I really hope They're able to get that done Big news for Sin City Knock niggas out the box All the time Niggas know my Come from everywhere you can see more than just Usher in Vegas. Tuesday, Wu-Tang announced they will have a residency at Virgin Hotels in Sin City. Really hope for fans, man, that, that the entire clan is able to make it. More will be revealed as time passes. For those of y'all who don't plan on making it out to Vegas, don't trip. They will be in the Bay Area. I believe it this weekend Rayquan and the Ghost himself Ghostface Killer Two of a lot of people's favorites From the Wu-Tang Clan Will be uh, in concert Right here in the city Staying on the topic of tours TDE's own Isaiah Rashad has announced The Sylvia Demo 10th Anniversary Tour he Took to his socials to uh, share that While he's halfway done with his fourth project He wanted to give love to his first Eight dates announced as of now Stops in Anaheim, San Diego, Phoenix, Denver, Las Vegas, LA, Sacramento, and San Francisco Seems like he's doing a damn California tour to be honest Sack show will be at the Ace of Spades Which is, I'm gonna leave it alone uh, And San Francisco show will be at the Masonic Definitely some dope shit to peep out now it's important to make sure that when you're setting up these tours and you're doing these shows that you uh attend the shows that you are setting up all right artists i'm, I'm trying to let y'all know because you want to avoid what recently happened to the guy cm you know cmg's own money bag yo While doing the bottle signing, I don't know where he was at, to be honest. He was uh, struck by surprise when a woman walked up, got a bottle signed, and then left him something else, you know, for him to sign in the near future. Uh, He was served with papers from a concert that he, I guess it was the 4th of July concert, he failed to attend. He was supposed to headline the show in Baton Rouge. 
when uh you know he he took the IG or somewhere posted up a message that was dug up from fans. He apologized not only to the fans but to the promoters for not being able to make it due to issues with a private jet. All right, we get it. First world problems. You you know you money bag yo. All right, you gotta uphold some type of uh reputation, I guess. Maybe next time he'll learn to settle and you know fly first class instead. Since then he's posted crying, crying, laughing emojis. Excuse me, I'm feeling like shit, y'all. And uh, a statement that reads, "Small thing to a giant." That may be the case. Not mad at you if you know if that's how you're feeling, but to the fans who definitely show up and show out, and um, you know purchase tickets with their hard-earned money to go see people, it's uh, no surprise that they were left uh, underwhelmed with that joint. Now, somebody who's definitely not underwhelmed throughout this year, Conway the Machine. Let's talk some new music, man. Conway the Machine in the collaboration with One Two, spelled W U N T W O, and Kendricks. Bring you Mind Tricks and EP four tracks. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's all heat. This is Casca. Uh, bro, you got your strap, I got mines. We about to spin on them niggas, it's that time. I ain't going for shit, nigga. Now, although this is another short project, it is the man six in this calendar year. Yes, six. Maybe more I missed. I want to say that there was a seventh mixtape that was, you know, in advance of what he dropped with his uh, Drumwork Music Group. Six that you can find on your DSPs right now. Proof that Conway is indeed the machine he claims to be. Shout out to, to Conway, the whole Griselda fan. More new music, Rowdy Rebel, New York Zone, dropped a 10-track album titled Back Outside with features from 504 and Skiller Baby, I Swear Vezzo, to name a few. Kaylin, for real, for real, dropped the project as well. Title not hard to understand. It's a six-track EP. Features from Tay B and this joint right here, Butterfly Coop Part 2 featuring Quavo. Pop that, see what I do. Big big rims, big butterfly coop. Black size spinning on you. Big boss shit, bitch. You know how I do. Courtside parking lot pimp. Two bad bitches in a wet French kiss. And Max fell, she like how to sail around fit. Yeah, hurry round, loop back around, remix. Butterfly coop, jump right out of cocoon. I'm looking for the baddest in the room. In the rock star life, fucking in the bathroom. Smash. And she walked out with a new pair of shoes. Big stepping, all tens in my rich section. That's a story about takeoff that I'm definitely not gonna cover. I just wanna shed love to the fam right now. Recipes take. Really hope there's no validity to the bullshit. Now what is valid is that uh, As a shock to me myself Couldn't avoid it man I had to give a listen Pink Friday 2 Nicki Minaj's latest set for 22 tracks This joint's called Barbie Dangerous Hey yo Barbie Dangerous Bitches don't endanger us You are over, you ain't in range of us Cause I won one, 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 angel numbers Dashes and Burberry rain boots Looking like every designer fake muse Front row next to the who's who Trying to build another Barbie down school's loose Now I always skim through the new joints And I put this shit on intending, you know Expecting to change it out this sometime But I really gave it a full listen There was not too much that Made me want to skip I mean, is it something that I'm going to play back? Probably won't get a lot of rotation in my joint, but I mean, you gotta be uh, you gotta be a hater to not say she clearly did her thing. Top tier MC, I don't want to say female MC, I'm just gonna say MC in general, and a full blown pop star with just a versatile album, a little something for everybody. Stand out on the album to me It's clearly the Lil Uzi joint She has a feature uh, titled Everybody with Lil Uzi Vert That you're gonna hear Every fucking wear out So I'll spare you here on the pod And I'm still praying 
Back on the tour topic, she'll be uh, kicking off soon. I believe her tour begins at the Oracle in Oakland early March 2024. Keep an eye out for that. It's clear to see they want to be me. Hit the road, E-X-I-T. My flow, they D-I-T. Shot stone, but I-D-C. Go home or do a B-I-G. My stone, they can't S-I-T. Now let's get into the petty portion of the pod. You know, it's usually my favorite portion, man. There's a lot of uh, pettiness going on right now. Nicki Minaj involved in some of it, too, but I'm going to let that live. Let's uh, take it to Ricky Rose with his statement for uh, the former junior unit members. Well, it's Ricky Rose, and I got a business offer for the diabolical genius. I read yesterday that Young Buck's catalog is worth 725k for the entire catalog. Cool. I can only assume that Lloyd Banks is worth about the same. So I say, thank you. So I say, let's make it and keep it simple. Throw um, Tony Yayo in there. I give you 1.5. And let's say for the not. I, I don't need the entire G on the catalog, but beg for mercy. Let's keep it simple. I'll give you another 500 k for the masters of that. So that's $2 million. I'm making a business offer to the diabolical genius. That's $2 million. And oh, let me know. Diabolical genius, let me know if you want the wire or you just want the watch and the pinky ring. It's the same thing. You let me know. Luke Bella Toast. Let's do some business. All right, man. Now, uh, for those who don't know, Rick Ross, what he's saying, they've had a back and forth that lasted quite some time. I thought that maybe it would be in the past. Rick Ross had taken some type of a offense to some statements made from 50 Cent in a recent interview. Now, it was brought up that uh, the last collaborative effort with Rick Ross and Meek Mill only did 31,000 albums in week one. Important to note that that's week one. You got to think about how many streams these days equal up to an album. A lot of people came out in defense of Rose and Meek Mill. However, you know, once 50 talks, it's going to get amplified. And that's what happened. It did. Got back to Rose. There was some talks, you know, the, the whole diabolical genius stems from uh, Charlemagne the God interview where he speaks to 50 Cent and just talks about how he would never fuck with him because of the genius and the diabolical quote unquote genius that 50 Cent is. I guess Rose didn't really fuck with that statement either, which led to this. Um, out of my pay grade, obviously. I mean, it's big paper they're talking about. Do what you guys got to do. But, I mean, if you're talking about Young Buck, Lloyd Banks, and uh, Tony Yayo, obviously Yayo's loyalty is not going to allow him to even pay any mind to this. But if you think about a, a Lloyd Banks and a Young Buck who've been shunned from 50 in the G-Unit umbrella, I, I can't see how these guys would kind of pay attention. Definitely a chess move from Ross, who's you know, wanting to be diabolical his damn self. We'll see what happens in, in the future with that. More pettiness. Still Mel Ford at the end of the day. You niggas be on Instagram liking the bad escorts, going crazy, the cheap ones. Bitches be 50 and 500 pounds. You niggas in the comments writing shit. Stop playing with niggas up here. Honestly, I observe. I'm trying to be cool because niggas got relationships. But enough now. Enough. Why am I so emotional? Yo, camera's a fool, dog. So, on a recent inter- uh, recent episode of the Joe Budden Podcast, there was a topic that came up. Actually, it was brought up by uh, co-host Mel, Melissa Ford, who pretty much took offense to what she called locker room talk that should have stayed in the locker room. When a recent It Is What It Is podcast episode from uh, Cameron and Mace had them sharing a story where they talked back and forth about a stay they had at a brothel. Apparently, they were uh, sharing a woman at a brothel. Pause, pause. I mean, what the that's where I start with it. If y'all papered up, right? And y'all, I mean, if you got to go to a brothel and that's just your vibe, it's your vibe. All right, do what you do. But now, if you're going to talk about y'all trying to get the half off, the, the two for one special, the BOGO at the brothel, that's foul, man. Y'all supposed to have all this paper, bro. Horse and carriage. You know what I mean? Is that what y'all is that what that means? Who's the horse? Who's the carriage? I need to know, man. Pause. Anyway. Uh, these guys talk about, you know, uh, what they were doing, mail for, you know. This is where she went wrong. Do you have to bring it up? No. The guys were kind of laughing at it because, you know, they understand the whole locker room talk issue or not issue, but just how that shit goes. 
Melissa Ford, on the other hand, was trying to dig a little deeper and made some outlandish comments along the lines of, don't you think there could have been some underage women at that brothel? Now, who knows what the case could be, but why would you throw that just out into the atmosphere? Why would you put that in the air when it comes to uh, two guys who, who are clearly just, like you said, the locker room talk may have got you know out the locker room? Do I think it's tasteful from uh, from Cam and Mace? No. At this stage, when you got all this paper coming your way and you're actually making big moves, you know what I mean? You're getting paid. Um, uh, some some publication just did a list of the most entertaining sports media podcasts or outlets in general. They're up there. They were marked number six in a land, you know, right next to the Skip Baylesses, the Stephen A's and the, and the Club Shay Shay, you know, Shannon Sharp of the world. Like, they're mentioned in that same conversation, so I don't understand why these guys would even delve into stories that could paint them in any kind of negative light. I feel like you got to just stay with the paper, right? Excuse me, I'm coughing like crazy. But, um, you know, so it comes out that these guys kind of took the high road to begin with, which in turn sparked another segment on the Joe Budden podcast in which he uh, kind of said along those same lines, you know what I mean? Like he expected them to go win on her and they didn't. Now, somehow, some way, after she apologizes now, they come back with more venom, talking about, you know, her past and making certain allegations towards her as well, calling her some type of escort, saying that she was uh, available for a price. Definitely foul shit. Since then, Melissa Ford came back on the show to explain that since all this has gone down, she's been receiving... Crazy DMs and messages from perfect strangers who may be riding with Cam and Mace and just, you know, saying outlandish shit to where that nobody deserves to hear, much less, you know, a woman. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what it says. I do know that that if you're talking petty, it don't get much pettier than, than the likes of uh, Cameron. And when he got his buddy Mace alongside him, you know, they're just going to add fuel to the fire and put the battery in his back. So we'll see how this pans out. I really think that uh, certain shit like this could just be edited out the pod, man. It don't even need to be brought up. She's out here, you know, fishing, reaching to say the absolute least, and in return, she ends up uh, opening up a can of worms she don't want to be a part of. And, you know, it's all avoidable. So to me, I'm just looking at it like, come on now. Now, I guess we could venture over to the world of sports. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA. Before we go any further, I'm going to share some shit Stephen A. had to say about Zion Williamson. Williamson. He looks fat. Come on, man. He looks fat. While LeBron James had dropped 30 in three quarters and had completely dominated and looked in peak physical condition, Zion Williamson, who's more than 15 years younger, went to the free throw line. I saw a belly. When he took a deep breath, his belly bounced. Oh, man. That kind of belly. I mean, damn. What the but you see? look like you showed up to the game having just ate a buffet. Not something from the buffet, the buffet. <laughs> like you ate the damn table. Get in my belly. That's what I saw. Come on. I know they got a weight clause in this contract. They got to. He got to be violating that. So he's addicted to food. I'm speculating, but it's got to be. <laughs> but Zion Williamson in basketball parlance is fat. Come on. It's got to change. Zion Williamson. Man, he just picked the wrong sport, man. Let's just be honest, all right? Looked like Lawrence Taylor's uh, baby. Should have made this motherfucker an NFL star, bro. I mean, you could jump through the gym. Imagine him playing linebacker or some shit. Imagine him on the offense, on the defensive line, jumping in the air, getting a hand on the ball. You know what I mean? Going to make every quarterback feel like Kyler Murray back there. Zion, you just picked the wrong sport, my guy. Use that footwork for other shit. You know what I mean? If you just want to continue to eat, do your thing. I mean, who am I to knock it? I feel you, bro, but uh, you don't want people talking crazy about you. And I guess as a Kings fan, I can't talk crazy about you because you knocked us out the in-season tournament. What you'll talk about now? The Lakers, of course, win the NBA's first in-season tournament. I'm not clapping up shit. Fuck all that. Seemed like Adam Silver, uh, you know, designed this for LeBron's legacy just as much as his own. And an unexpected star was actually spawned and, and you know, uh, emerged from this all. Indiana Pacers guard Tyrese Halliburton. Put on a show to say the absolute least. I was rooting for the former king after, you know, the Pelicans excuse Sacramento from the tournament. 
and um, they ran into that Lakers squad. Now, this was an offense that was playing, you know, top tier across a lot of the different categories, fast break points, offensive shooting percentage. I believe there was just so much different shit they had going for themselves. But you're talking about LeBron. And when I say you're talking about LeBron, I don't mean his ability and his talents. I mean the, um, how can I word this? The concerted effort to make sure that he remains big business for the NBA. You know, his son, Bronny, who had been dealing with uh, medical issues. I want to briefly speak on that. After, you know, dealing with the cardiac arrest that happened during practice, he returned to USC and actually played in the game recently. Highlights showed him what the chase down block-esque of his, you know, LeBron-esque, very much so uh, uh, a kind of a mirror image of what LeBron would do. Uh, now back to Bron, senior that is. You just feel like they're going to make sure that part of his legacy is, you know, first ever in-season tournament winner. On top of that, he becomes the MVP of the in-season tournament. If you ask me, I think that still could have went to Tyrese Halliburton, even in a losing effort, just based on what that kid was doing. I'm talking about high-scoring triple-doubles with crazy assists, no turnovers in two games, in which I think he tallied over 12 or 15 assists in each of those. It's unheard of, man. The kid is playing lights out. He had his father in attendance. It was just a great story watching everything back and forth. Um, I guess, you know, if I had to say anything, my synopsis on this in-season tournament is that it worked. You got playoff atmosphere basketball in November and December, which is basically unheard of. You think about the conglomerate that the NFL is and how they pretty much uh, reign as king, you know what I mean, supreme in the States throughout uh, the, this this season. Throughout the months in which they play, they pretty much dominate the airwaves. Now they're definitely going to be facing the uphill battle when you talk about this in-season tournament, which I think is only going to get better. Do I think they need the courts to be painted the way that they are? No. I think of all of it, that may just be a distraction more so than anything. I think the gameplay itself is going to be what makes people tune in. You don't need a fancy little little, uh, painting on the court to make people appear like, oh, hey. You know, feast your eyes on this. Like, nah, man, just let people know. Tuesdays, Fridays, we're doing an in-season tournament. Obviously, the, the play is going to be up, you know, raised to a higher level. You're not going to see much load management players sitting out for no reason during these games. Everybody's trying to make it to Vegas, get that little $500,000 bonus. You talk about some of these uh, Laker rookies who now were in Vegas with, with a week off following, I believe, right? And 500000 Telling me these guys, I mean, some of them went to the table, some of them went to the other, you know, the other spots that you can spend 500 racks at. Uh, no Cam and Mace, I'm strictly talking about gentlemen's clubs. That's it, that's all. But, uh, man, if I had to say anything, I would say that it, it was good. It was good to watch. The Kings, you know what I mean? They did that thing, won the, the West Group C in a, in a group that, you know, included the Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Spurs, uh, they did the thing. But it's just, you know, wasn't our year, I guess, you know what I mean, for the end season. I'm not really worried about that. I want the Larry O'Brien. I don't want the cup, as they call it. Uh, God damn. Yeah, not, uh, not something that I'm going to be looking at, you know, like, oh, shit, we didn't get it. Would it have been nice? Of course. When I came here and uh, boasted and bragged like these, like these Laker fans did. Probably, but I mean, some of y'all are out of fucking pocket. I'm watching some of y'all go to y'all closets and put on every bit, every bit of Laker gear you got. Pull a video, you know, just talking to the fucking camera. Some motherfuckers is narcissistic with absolutely no no reasoning behind it. Like, come on, man. It's cool. I ain't going to peel back the curtain and really expose people because at the end of the day, I'm doing my motherfucking thing and just praying that everybody's able to do that thing to the highest extent as well. Now, while we're talking about the Kings, let's talk about a new season record that was uh, on display yesterday as the Kings got another victory, this time over the Brooklyn Nets. And in this game, you know, led by De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, and the crew, set a new three-point record for the team in the franchise with 24 three-pointers scored in one game. You're talking 72 points 
from the for, from the three three point line. You know what I mean? Uh, now is Brooklyn a top tier team? Maybe not. The records are pretty much similar, but people have been saying they've been playing the best ball in the past seven eight games, nine games perhaps. So you know they they were definitely uh, on a roll. The Kings, who lost in that in season tournament to uh, the Pelicans, as I said it before. Also opened up the next game, and I believe they lost. I can't remember who it was that they were playing. Uh, it, it fucking escapes me at the moment. Bounced back with a victory, though, against Phoenix and the Suns. And now added another one against Brooklyn. Tonight, they're in action as well. Let's briefly get into the NBA action and what you got to see tonight. There is a doubleheader going on on uh, TNT, I believe. Let's look this joint up real quick. I know it's going to be... The uh, Luca versus LeBron show tonight. Let's get into the games that we got going on this evening. Yep, 4.30 p.m. You got the Mavericks hosting the Lakers. Definitely going to be one to tune into Luca versus LeBron. Kyrie going up against his old running man or running mate. Uh, on top of that, the, the second part of that doubleheader will be the Warriors. Going to Phoenix to play the Suns. They're going to be without Kevin Durant. Again, their big three doesn't play together as Bradley Beal comes back. Devin Booker's pretty much been consistent. You got Kevin Durant who's out with an ankle sprain. So fortunate for the fans of the Suns that aren't able to see that core group get on the court together. But nonetheless, when they do, it'll be exciting to see. Uh, big, big contingency on, on when. Uh, the Kings back in action today. 7.30 p.m., we travel over to L.A. to face the Clippers. Now, we were in attendance as a family when the uh, Kings hosted the Clippers last in the game where, you know, it was pretty much dominated by a Clippers squad. Great game from James Harden and, and the claw Kawhi Leonard. Kings are on the roll right now, though. Kings come in 13-8 and eight while the Clippers are 12-10. and 10. We shall see how, how things pan out in this, uh, in this evening's action. Let's go through these standings real quick. In the East, number one overall will be this, the Boston Celtics at 16-5, followed behind by the surprise Orlando Magic, 16-7. Share the same record as the number three seed, Milwaukee Bucks. Right after that is the fourth seed, 15-7, 76ers. Tyrese Halliburton, who we spoke about earlier, has his Pacers at fifth place in the Eastern Conference at 13-8. New York Knicks. If the season ended right now, they're guaranteed a spot in the uh, playoffs at 13-9. and nine. Now, 7-10, through 10, that's that play-in tournament area. Two teams tied at 13-10, and 10, that's the 7th seed and the 8th seed. 7th seed belongs to the Cavaliers with the 8th seed belonging to the Miami Heat. Not too far behind, 12-10 and 10, Brooklyn Nets, who took that 10th loss last night against the Kings. And then Trey Young and them boys at uh, the 10th seed, 9-13. Now you talk about the Western Conference. In first place, the Minnesota Turbulls, led by Ant-Man. Definitely going to see these guys in action this year as well. In Sacramento, looking forward to it. There's In first place right now, it's 17-5. That's surprising. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. The second place seed belongs to the, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, Chet Holmgren, you know, that's one thing. Shea Giltress Alexander, of course, you're rooting for those guys. The third part of that three-headed monster is the monster, Josh Giddy. Now, if you're out here fucking around with underage women, I'm never going to be a fan of that. I think you're a dirty, sick individual and need to be dealt with. The fact that the NBA is still allowing this guy to play is crazy to me. But uh, one way or another, they're the number two seed. In third position in the West, the Mavericks, 14-8. Fourth, held by the defending champion Denver Nuggets, who are 15-9. In that fifth seed is the Sacramento Kings, 13-8. Right ahead of the number six seed, Los Angeles Lakers, in-season tournament champions. Ooh, fuck them. Seven through ten spots, you know, the play-in tournament positions belong to the 11-9 Rockets, who hold that seventh seed. The Clippers, who the Kings face tonight, are 12-10 and 10 in eighth seed. The Suns, who will be taking on the Warriors this evening, are in the ninth position at 12-10. And, 10. and uh, big boy himself, Zion Williamson and his Pelicans, are in 10th seed position right now with a 13-11 and 11 record. And people were talking to me, looking at me crazy when I said the Kings were the best team in California. That was early after the Warriors had notched a couple of wins over us, but they're in the 11th seed right now. 
Not even in the playing tournament position with the Clippers being eighth, the Lakers being sixth, and the Kings holding the fifth spot. I rest my case. Still early in a lot of uh, a lot of games to be played. Cannot lie, man. Cannot lie. Now let's talk about the NFL briefly. It's been a while since we spoke. The last regular pod was on, you know, my birthday, man. Um, did the birthday episode. Want to uh, say that that was a great day, man. Just surprised. Got surprised by my sister at dinner. She wasn't. Uh, I wasn't expecting her to come, but the fact that she did show up man, meant a lot. It was great to see her and my mom and just spend that day with my family. You know, unfortunately, I didn't see Monique and Tina, but I understand why. But um, for my mom to be there, my sister, and, and, of course, my wife and kids, it's something that we haven't had in a couple of years because, you know, we've been going out doing elaborate shit. It was nice to just chill and be with the fam, man. So uh, definitely, all in all, a great day. I want to thank everybody who shared messages and, you know, showed love. Uh, some of y'all were really trying to make me... Uh, you know, we're trying to get the waterworks going with y'all messages. Mom's included. <laughs> you know, at dinner, she she spoke her piece. And, and you know, as, as I was trying to hold back, you know, and keep shit all together. And while I'm doing that, my my, my youngest kind of caught me off guard when he was like, man, when your mom was talking to you, I almost got teary-eyed. I was like, word? That's crazy, but I completely felt them, man. It's not part of a line. You know what I mean? Patreon exclusive people. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now. Week 14 kicked off with the Patriots and Steelers game. It was pretty much, you know, decided factor that that was going to be a whack game, but it was a 21-18 effort. The Patriots found a way to get that third victory of the year. They're now 3-10 and while the Steelers are 7-6. Let's get some music going on in the background one time. Hold on. Sunday's action kicked off with the Buccaneers traveling over to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Both teams are now 6-7 after a 29-25 victory from the Bucs. The Rams and Ravens game. Everybody expected this to be a low-scoring affair with what was supposed to be horrible uh, weather. Gannon, you know, actually turned out to be a shootout. 31-37, won in overtime by a 72-yard punt return for the Ravens. Elevating them to 10-3 while the Rams fall to 6-7. Lions and Bears, oh my. 9-4 Lions now after a loss to who are the 5-8 Chicago Bears after a 28-13 victory in Chicago. Colts and Bengals. Both teams are now 7-6 after the Colts fall to the Bengals who were 30, who won in the 34-14 victory. That is with Browning at quarterback. Definitely showing up and showing out. Fuck everybody who went to the waiver wires and got to him before I could. You know what I mean? Can't get shit in the waiver wire, bro. It's a fucking foul. Really fucking up my playoff squad. Now, Jaguars and Browns. Another close game. This was a 31 to 27 victory for the Browns, who boast the best defense in the NFL. Both teams are now eight and five. Panthers and Saints. Derek Carr hurt every other fucking play. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's his neck or his back or his neck and my back. Either way. Panthers continue to lose. It's on brand. They're 1-12 now while the Saints are 6-7 after a 28-6 victory. CJ Stroud goes down and what could mean a world of difference for people in their uh, fantasy leagues. As he goes, the team goes. They uh, fell as well. They're now 7-6 while the Jets elevate to 5-8 after a 30-6 victory from New York. We had 30 second half points. Now, if you're a fan of points, you did not want to watch this game. Vikings came over to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders, who uh, felt like they were still on the bye week, apparently. 0-3 is the outcome of this game. Fucking horrible. Shout-outs to my brothers and my sister to come through, you know what I mean, celebrate the homie Bible. We got together rescheduled because we were sick in the past. Now look at us, you know what I mean? Same shit But uh It was still a great time man Shared some laughs Had some jokes Definitely gonna do it big Next time around Much bigger than this uh Clown ass game that we watched The Raiders zero points The Vikings scored three And that's all they needed They're seven and six While the Raiders are five and eight Important to note 
Justin Jefferson went out and actually went to the hospital during the game, so I don't know how he's going to be going forward. Also, fantasy football implications with that one. 49ers are rolling, man. There was no Geno Smith, who was a late scratch on this game. It ended up being Drew Locke, who still put up 16 against a vaunted 49ers defense, but 28-16 victory for the Niners. They're rolling 10-3 right now. The Seahawks fall to 6-7. Big controversy for no reason in the Bills and Chiefs game. The Bills, you know, they've kind of been on the outside looking into the playoffs, but wanted to hold on to a glimmer of hope while the Chiefs were looking to lock up some type of positions. Or what could have been a great play? Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, who found himself getting into a little bit of traffic, sees a wide open Cardavius Tony to his left, throws a lateral, a bullet of a pass that lands right into Tony's hands, who runs it into the end zone. Looks like it was going to be a great day for the Chiefs on, on a walk-off victory. However, an offensive offsides was called on Cardavius Tony, who, you know, a lot of people had a lot to say about that, including Patrick Mahomes, who threw a bitch fit. All in all, when they went through the files, because they kept the files, it showed that uh, he actually lined up outside six times in that game. Now, is that on the referees to warn y'all? No, you got to let that motherfucker know, hey, get in line. Just because they didn't call it doesn't mean it wasn't done. Now, I get it. You know, the final minute of a game on a play like that. Does uh, Patrick Mahomes have a gripe these past couple of weeks, maybe even three weeks with the refs? Possibly. But, hey, welcome to the Raider world. They're now 8-5 while the Bills propel themselves to 7-6 after a 2017 victory. Broncos Chargers. Broncos continue to roll. They're now 7-6 while the Chargers match the Raiders at 5-8 after a 24-7 victory for the Broncos on the road. That was supposed to be the game of the week, man. The Eagles traveled over to Dallas who was looking for some get back after that you know, first meeting ended in the Eagles' victory. This one was pure dominance from the Cowboys on all facets of the game. 33 to 13 victory. Both teams are now 10 to 3 in that NFC. Same record as uh, the Niners, I believe. It's going to come down to the water in that division, which is kind of the only thing giving me some kind of, uh, I, I don't know, some type of comfort. I guess Jalen Hurts is going to have to keep playing, right? We'll see. We'll get into that when we get into the fantasy football update. Last night, there were two Monday night games, and for what? I guess uh, the Titans and Dolphins game turned out to be a good one. 28 27. The Dolphins take their fourth loss. After Will Levis and them boys lead uh, lead themselves to victory. Titans are now 5-8. and eight. The Dolphins fall to 9-4. Tyreek Hill was hurt. Had an ankle injury. Left the game for some time. He, quote-unquote, got himself back in the game. Came back in. And I don't know if that's going to do good or, or bad for his uh, long-term health. All in all, it didn't do anything to propel him to victory. They still lose. And they're 9-4 now. Packers and the Giants also played on Monday night, same exact time. Another close game. Just not much to play for here, I don't think. The Packers 6-7 now after a 22-24 loss against the 5-8 Giants. Tommy DeVito is one of ours. Went out there and did his fucking thing. They're showing his agent and his family in the stands. That shit look crazy. Damn. I'll give some real quick uh, week 15 predictions. Before that, I'm going to go to that ESPN pigskin pick a map. Make sure I don't forget to make no fucking picks. There's money on the line. Let's see. You're listening to the smooth sounds of Uncle Al. That's Alchemist for those who don't know. This rapper's best friends edition dropped in 2017 for those of y'all who need to dig in the crates. Do so on your own time. All right. Thursday night matchup. Oh, fuck. The Raiders got to play again. After only putting up uh, zero points, <laughs> we're predicted to lose against the five and eight Chargers. I got the Chargers winning too, man. There ain't no hope field advantage in Vegas, and uh, nothing I've seen tells me that they're going to get a win. I gotta go with the Chargers for the paper. Vikings and Bengals now. Both teams are seven and six. Both without key players, no Justin Jefferson. At least that's what it's looking like for the Vikings, along with their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, being out. I don't know if we're going to see T. Higgins suit up for the Bengals, but they still have Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd out there doing their thing. Joe Mixon, who was able to put up quite a game. 
Brownie doing his thing I would have to uh, Go with the bangles on this one Just because they're at home Steelers and Colts Both teams come in at 7-6 and six. Colts host this game Kenny Pickett still out with his injury Arnold Minshew been doing just enough. I got faith in that Colts defense. They're going to pull it out at home. And I got uh, the Colts winning this game. I think the honeymoon is over for the Broncos as they face the Lions team that's a little upset with what's been going on lately. They're 9-4 now trying to maintain, you know, up top in the records over there in the NFC. I got the Lions bouncing back, getting the victory out here against this Broncos team. It's been red hot. Bears and Browns Two fan bases that are itching For some type of uh, Postseason success May not be the year for the Bears But can they pull out a victory in this game Traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns I think not I got the Browns winning this joint Desmond Ritter and the Falcons Take on Carolina Panthers Who are doing everything in their power To lose every game possible They host this game And I think they're going to host Another loss I got the Falcons winning this one on the road just because the Panthers don't want to win. Jordan Love's been playing great. He did lose this past Monday, but uh, he's got Baker Mayfield coming in. Both teams at 6-7. and seven. I got faith in, in, in uh, Jordan Love, man. I think he might be able to get it done. Still ain't learned my lesson on disrespecting Baker, though. Titans-Texans. Titans host this game. They're five and eight. The Texans coming at seven and six. CJ Stroud's uh, availability for this game remains in the balance. I don't know who their backup is at this point. Will Levis looks like he's able to do more with his legs than he is with his arm. Still got D hopping. Derrick Henry on the Titans side of things. Means something, especially when it gets into these colder weather, you know, months of the year. I got Titans, what? Nah, Texans. The Jets, five and eight, travel over to Miami to take on the nine to four and upset Miami Dolphins. I got the Dolphins getting this one, They're bouncing back after a tough loss. DeVito versus the asshole. New York Giants travel over to New Orleans to take on Derek Carr and the Saints. I'm obviously... Oh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, the Saints defense always finds a way to win, man. I'm going I'm to pick them in this game uh, against my better judgment. Now, I don't care who the Chiefs were playing this week. I, I expect them to win after, you know, what they've been dealing with. But uh, the fact that it's the Patriots and it's in New England, I feel like even more so... Nobody has respect for Belichick these days. I got the Chiefs winning on the road. Commanders-Rams game. Both te- oh, excuse me. The Commanders come in at 4-9. The Rams are 6-7. and seven. I like Sam Howell, but I like uh, the Rams' offensive weapons more so. Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. I got the, uh, I got the Rams winning. The Niners are 10-3. The Cardinals are 3-10. Enough said. Got the Niners winning that game. Man, growing up, I don't know how many Super Bowls. Three Super Bowls, I think, I saw with the Cowboys going up against these Buffalo Bills. They all ended the same way. Cowboys victory. I think that's how this Sunday's going to go as well. I got the Cowboys winning on the road. This game should be good. 10-3 Baltimore Ravens taking on the 8-5 Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. I got the Ravens rolling and continuing to do that thing. Uh, Lamar Jackson firing on all cylinders. OBJ has kind of found a resurgence towards the end of the season. Zay Flowers and them guys. I got the I got the Ravens winning. Will Geno Smith play in this Monday night action? This game, remember, has been flexed to Monday night. Removing that uh, Patriots and Chiefs game, thank God. 
Eagles 10-3 going to 6-7 and seven. Seattle Seahawks I got the Eagles winning this game They need to bounce back The side fashion of this one Say I feel like shit right now is an understatement. Week 14. Actually, let's go back to week 13. High score went to Troy, man. Guy beat me. In the head-to-head matchup, it was good to at least lose to somebody who's gonna take first place for the week. Find some type of uh comfort in that, I guess, right? But uh, you know, we're into the playoff portion of things now. Week 14 was once again won by Ant. Guys got four throughout the season. That means he was actually paid a hundred and motherfucking forty dollars to play. He finds himself in the matchup this week. Me and then me and James ended in first and second place. We get the first round by the fourth and the fifth seed matches. Uh, Waiver Wire Boys versus Old Party Bastard, the man who won four of these high scores throughout the week. Projected to win this game as well, the way that the uh, lineups are currently put together. Old Party Bastard is expected to get 134 points, while Waiver Wire Boys is set to get 118. As the uh, lineups are put together right now in the 6-3 and three matchup, Ray Finkel was also expected to get 118 points, going up against Gen 7, who's expected to get that high score. Projected at 144 points right now in the third seed. Now these two, these uh, two games will decide the semifinals that happen in week 16. Where me and James will be back in action taking on the winners of these games. We shall see how you know the rest of the season pans out with only three weeks left in fantasy football. Congratulations to everyone who made it to the playoffs and, and best of luck down the stretch. Feel like absolute shit y'all I'm about to get into the crib And calm the fuck down But before I go I want to leave y'all with something man The shit I'm on this week Comes from the machine himself I told you six projects on DSPs Throughout this calendar year alone This one comes off a case salon project Featuring Conway the Machine And uh, Noble of the Young Noble of the Outlaws this joint's called Grow Through It. Very fucking unprofessional. What is the lesson in it all? You unprofessional as fuck podcast. What is the lesson in it all? You gotta grow through that. You know how we move when it's go time. Little homie move and ain't your time. I'm not amused by those lies or how you saw whole pies when you was broke the whole time. Even without the jewels, you know I'm gon' shine. Put on for my city and did it without a cosign. Uh, you want something bad enough, you go grind. Don't let nobody negative energy fuck up your vibe. Yeah. They say I did the impossible. I tell them no, nah, I just did what you thought was impossible. No matter how difficult, it's just an obstacle That was my mentality soon as I left the hospital It was some people had their doubts and hesitations I ain't saying they was hating But that's why I wear this trip on my shoulder so blatant I hope I showed my sons the meaning of dedication They ain't gon' give it, you gotta take it What is the lesson in it all? You gotta grow through that
show that A second chance spin back around Just don't blow that and every single loss I had to grow through that Come on What is the lesson Lesson in, in, in it all You gotta grow through that as always, man, get to it or go through it. The choice is yours. Stay healthy, man. Shit is foul out here right now. Feeling like complete shit. Finna get in the crib. Set this up for y'all. As always, thank y'all for tuning in, for tapping in. So next time, follow what makes you happy and return the favor. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Go on. What, what is the-